Section 46 of Old Rail Fence Corners. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Phil Schempf. Old Rail Fence Corners. Edited by Lucy Leavenworth Wilder Morris. Mr. B. F. Shaver, 1853. My parents came from Lucerne County, Pennsylvania father in the fall of 1850 and mother just two years later she came to rockford illinois by rail then to galena by stage and up the mississippi by boat one of her traveling companions was miss mary miller sister of mrs john h stevens mother spent the first night in minneapolis in the old stevens house at that time the only residence on the west side of the river about where the union station was two years before this father had learned of lake minnetonka and had taken some pork and flour and a frying pan and started west to find the lake over somewhat the route of the great northern railroad track to where wyzetta is now he reached the site of minnetonka mills and located a claim about where groveland park on the deep haven trolley line is this was some time before the government survey he blazed out a claim like the old lady in the hoosier schoolmaster he believed while you're gettin get a plenty for after a survey he found he had blazed out seven hundred acres where he could preempt only a hundred and sixty he had been up the creek several times to the lake where there was a beautiful pebbly beach once while wandering back he had come upon this spot he said beautiful as a poet's dream a forty-acre prairie right in the midst of dense woods covered with wildflowers and prairie grass he blazed out his claim right there on november eighth eighteen fifty two father and mother traveled from st anthony to minnetonka mills with an ox team and a sled on eight or ten inches of snow they kept boarders at minnetonka mills that winter and in march moved to their claim the house was not completed there were no windows no outside door and no floor the following august were born twin boys the first white children born in hennepin county outside the city limits of minneapolis mother was the first pioneer woman of minnetonka township when we were about three weeks old mother's nearest neighbor mrs robinson who lived on a claim near the present site of oizetta came over to assist her with the twins as she was all worn out it was a hot sultry night early in september and mrs robinson made a bed on the ground beside mother's and put us into it she became very drowsy towards morning and lay down on the ground beside us she was aroused by my brother stirring about and complaining and reaching over was surprised to feel something like a paw of a large dog thrust through a crack between the logs and pulling the baby towards the crack by its hand she got up quietly and moving aside the blanket that hung for a door stepped out around the corner of the house at the crack was a large wolf it was frightened off at seeing her and ran into the woods before mother came in august eighteen fifty father and three others took a boat at minnetonka mills with provisions and went up to gray's bay and westward on lake minnetonka to explore the lake and get a definite idea of its area and characteristics they went through hull's narrows and explored the upper lake several days landed at a point about at zumbra heights and decided to carry their boats across to the minnesota river and row down to fort snelling after wandering in the woods several days they abandoned the boat and subsisted for days on basswood sprouts and raspberries they reached the minnesota river directly north of shakopee descended a bluff and found the shanty of a squaw man the squaw gave them some fat pork with gravy over it and mixed up dough which she had baked on a griddle 
father said he had been to many a fine banquet but that was the best he ever tasted father mother and some of the men from the sawmill were eating supper one night by candlelight when there came a loud knocking at the door father opened the door and an indian in hunting regalia staggered into the house holding his sides and evidently in great pain mother did the best she could for him gave him painkiller and hot drinks and made him a bed on the floor beside the kitchen stove while after a time he fell into a deep sleep about daylight several members of the tribe including his squaw came in search of him and learned from the crew at the mill that he had been cared for during the night his squaw came into the house talked with him for a while and then with the other indians started east they were gone about two hours returning with the carcass of a very fine deer the indian had started hunting the day before and pursued a deer till almost night finally bringing it down having nothing to eat since early morning he was ravenous and cut a piece of steak from the deer and ate it raw this made him desperately sick and on his way back he had to stop at the mill his squaw and the other indians proceed to skin the deer at the house and the squaw brought in the deer's kidneys to mother this she thought very odd but a few days later was informed by martin mcleod an interpreter that the gift of a deer's kidneys was one of the highest tokens of esteem that an indian could bestow afterwards the indian and his squaw were very kind sending her fish and venison and the squaw presented her with some beautiful beadwork the cruelty of the male indians always astounded mother once she sold an indian a sack of flour he was to come for it the next day at the time appointed he came bringing with him his squaw who had with her a little papoose and his mother an aged woman he brought an empty sack along mother presumed he would empty a small portion of the flour into this for his wife and mother to carry and he would shoulder the remainder in the sack which contained the flour he emptied about one-third of the flour into the sack which he had brought this he put down by the side of his mother he took the papoose out of the broad strap around the squaw's head hanging in a loop in the back and taking up the remaining flour put it in the strap on his wife's back she stooping over to receive the load it was so heavy he had to help her straighten up she could not rise alone then he took the papoose and set it atop the sack of flour then he assisted his mother about getting her portion of flour in her strap this conduct provoked my mother greatly and she told him in decided terms that he should be ashamed of himself at her remarks he grinned and folded his arms complacently around his gun strutted off after the women muttering me big injun a curious trait about the indians was that they wanted you to trust them and have no suspicions about their honesty when going away from the house it was better not to log it but take a stick and lean it up against the house outside intimating to them that you were away and nothing would be molested if the house was locked they were likely to break in and steal something not far from our house at spirit knob now breezy point lake minnetonka on a bold hill projecting out into the water was a stone idol a smoothly polished stone a little larger than a wooden water pail the indians came regularly to worship this idol and make offerings to their god in very early times probably not later than eighteen fifty three a doctor from st louis missouri is said to have stolen this image and taken it to st louis and put it in a museum the indians were very much enraged at this and some people have assigned to this deed a motive for many of the atrocities committed in eighteen sixty two one winter day father was away teeming and was not expected home till late in the evening as night drew on mother and her little boys were busy about the chores in cold winter weather we did not use the woodshed and kitchen 
but the two large rooms only having to come through the two unused rooms to the main part of the house we boys had finished our work hung up our caps and put away our mittens for the night and mother was bringing in her last armload of wood she had passed through three doors and turned around to shut the last one and there right behind her stood a giant of an indian he seemed a foot taller than her and she was two inches less than six feet so quietly had he followed her that she had no intimation of his presence as she confronted him he said ho oh, in deep guttural tones and then laughed at her fright he evidently wanted something but could speak little or no english he peered about the house looked in every corner and finally in order to make us understand what he wanted he took the ramrod out of his gun set it up on end on the table put the index finger of his left hand on top of the ramrod and made counter motions up and down the rod with his right hand mother divined it was pole beans that he had seen growing and she got him some and he went away satisfied one cold winter day four indians were in the kitchen mother was preparing beans for dinner like all good housewives she first parboiled them with pork before baking she stepped into the pantry for something when one of the braves slipped his hand into the kettle and stole the pork he was just tucking it under his blanket when she suspecting something whirled around caught up the tea kettle of boiling water and poured some on the indian's hands he roared with pain and mortification but the other braves thought it very amusing one of them slipped up and patted her on the back saying tonka squaw tonka squaw tonka meaning big or brave the indians reversed their words like minnetonka water big minna meaning water that indian never came into the house again the men at the mill were a little afraid they thought it unwise of her and kept close watch the indians would come in from hunting and sit around on our floor mother would give them a good kick if they got in the way this made her more popular than ever they considered her a very fine lady because she was not afraid of them but cudgelled them about there were always three or four of them sitting around on the kitchen floor the indian's sense of humor was very keen mrs maxwell's little girl was tow-headed the indians always stroked her head and laughed my older brother had beautiful curly hair the indians called it ha-ha hair curling or laughing he was very fond of the indians and used to tumble about them examining their powder horns until one day an indian pulled up his top curl and ran around it with the back of his knife as if to say what a fine scalp that would be the frightened boy would never go near them again washtadak pronounced gutturally and meaning north bay is the original of wayzetta pronounced wayzetta end of section forty six